Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back, Redheads, to another episode of Redheads Book Club June Edition. What's good, Redheads? How y'all doing? Good. Wow. <laughs> Don't I'm, all jump at one. <laughs> no, I was just watching Snitch. Like It looked like you were going to say something, so I was going to let you go. I don't know. Normally, we're like always in sync, and we're like, good. Hey. Yay. Yay. No, we're here. It's we're here. June. Halfway through the year, redheads. Ugh. So crazy. I feel like I just saw you guys, honestly, because we recorded our last episode yeah. late. This Thursday fell a little early in the month. But you know what? I just love seeing my girls. I love reading our books. Oh, yeah. So it couldn't come soon enough. But seriously, how is everyone doing? Snitch, we shall start with you. Okay, thank you for the order. I'm good, you know, just same old snitch. Same old I'm snitch. so sick of that same old snitch. That's me. I'm not sick of that same old snitch. That's good. That's we, reassuring. We love the SOS. Bex, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. I had a fantastic Memorial Day weekend, and I'm just getting really excited about my vegetable garden. I feel like it's that time of year where I'm going to start talking incessantly about the herbs that I'm growing. What are you growing? Herbs. I feel like I'm at a point in my life where I can respect that you're growing herbs. And uh, that's called growth. That it, literally. Literally. <laughs> I'm growing basil cilantro, thyme, a few variations of tomatoes. I want to start growing lettuce because we make a lot of salads in the summer. This and isn't in your apartment, right? Uh-huh. I don't have an apartment. <laughs> you <laughs> don't? Literally, like, I'm a perpetual nomad. But Wait, like, well, that's we can talk about it later. Yeah. I didn't know that. We can talk about that offline. Okay. <laughs> um, so we're just going to see where this gardening takes us, but well, you'll, you'll come over for a feast. Would love that. Feel free to bring us some produce. It would be my honor, pleasure, delight. Sweet. Dana, how you doing? I'm doing good. I feel like summer is just ushering in all these plans that have laid dormant for over a year, mm-hmm. and it's wedding season again and plan season, and I am just ready to socialize after a long drought. Really? Yes. I'm not. <laughs> I'm getting there. Like, I'm feeling good. Also, I feel like you're always fucking out and about, so for, you're, you're out more than all of us, so you're like, oh, no, I'm not ready. That's true. <laughs> you know? That's true. I feel like I'm always fucking socializing. I don't know what I'm talking about. I know. Also, something that I want to mention, because it feels like these three weeks went by quicker than usual, and I didn't even read that much, but that's also because we were in Nashville together, ladies. <gasps> oh, oh, my wait, God. You guys, yeah, we did not take one Redheads picture. That's the, so sick and twisted. We just don't have our priorities twisted. straight. No, we don't. We but don't. But it, it was like the entire time, I didn't even like recognize like, Me the, neither at the all. special nature of the Redheads being together in Nashville. You know, like, um, we didn't really? take a we moment to reflect. Recorded. Like, it should have been top yeah. of fucking mind. It's it really should've. bizarre. We didn't talk about it once. <laughs> no, I did. No, I did talked post, about books I did a post, lot. I posted a, a selfie of me, Dana, and Red, and I go three out of four. Oh. So it was mentioned. There you it go. It was mentioned. Misty Jacks. We did talk about books a lot. Yes, always. That's our new thing. Like, we really we, talk about books quite a lot. Like, this is an authentic book club. No, it's so interesting because now when I'm talking to someone, like, making small talk, and it comes up that, like, they're a reader... All of a sudden, yep. we are talking for an hour. Like, we, I can talk forever, pulling up our Goodreads, exchanging book recs. Like, it's really so fabulous. It is. It's like music. Yeah. Like, if someone likes country music, oh, fuck, I'll talk your ear off. Oh, totally. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I really curse so much. Like, I'm, I would say I'm working on it, but I'm not. It's okay. It's not true. You got to do you. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm so excited to talk about this month's this month's book. This month we read American Duchess by Karen Harper. It was a Jackie's choice. I really wanted to take you all on this historical journey that I've been on. Um, so I want to get into everyone's thoughts on the book. I'll start with me because it was my choice. Okay. I really, really liked it. I liked it way more once I finished it than I did throughout the book. In the beginning, I realized it was so similar to a book I already read called American Heiress. So I was like, oh fuck, I played myself. I'm reading the same book twice. But then it just took a totally different departure. Pretty much in American Heiress, she marries the Duke. It's based on Consuelo. She marries the Duke in American Heiress and there is turmoil and other lovers. But then they have like they are actually in love with one another and they live happily ever after. And that's so not what happened here. Okay, 
with that being said, so was the book American Heiress, like, was just loosely based on loosely. her? Loosely. Like, they took the, the plot and ran with it. Exactly. She had American Railroad but money. But this was more of, like, a, not a memoir, but, like, kind of a yes, memoir. Yes, a, 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 a biography. Biography. But, more, but it not, by definition, a biography, because there was information in there that they couldn't possibly have known. So, it, you know, the author took some creative liberties, but pretty much stayed true to the timeline Understood. of Consuelo's story. So once I real once it became a whole new book, I enjoyed it immensely. I felt like in the beginning, it in the middle, it lulled a little bit. When she got remarried to Jacques, it sort of felt like an ending. And then all of a sudden, the back end of the book became a whole new book when they're fleeing from Nazis. Hundred oh, yeah. I, I Courtney Pauline. What? Courtney Pauline. That's Courtney, what, like yeah. literally where I was at. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this is and, a completely different book. And it's like the 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 line will not hold, and we did know that. They were like, we hope the line will hold. No, like, I know. It's always, that's what happens whenever you read like any type of World War II historical fiction, even nonfiction, obviously, like you're just like, I know what's, I know what's going to happen. Like yeah. the line will not hold. You will not get that visa so, unless you have Vanderman money. Right. Yeah, In those years right. leading up to the Second World War, I was just like, oh, I know what comes next. Oh, yeah. And But I also was so curious as to like what was her situation in this war so overall I really really liked it I feel like it was a great book for me to share with you guys to show you the sort of books that I read it was very similar to other stuff that I've read even about other people um and now I want to hear what you guys think Dana I'm going to start with you because I feel like I might have you know a positive review coming from you I was very grateful you chose this book because I would have literally never have read it on my own and I was just reminded about how sorely uneducated I am about this entire era and culture and establishment so I felt like I was actually learning which I feel is rare when reading I just read for pleasure and this was like an experiment in my education but that's why I like these books so much because they're like pleasure books where you know it's a story yeah but you're also learning about real events oh I was really really learning and so what I liked and disliked at the same time was that the book like had no agenda I kept trying to find the plot I was like oh, okay this is going to be about a forbidden love but then like he was dropped off immediately we never With heard about him again yeah yeah I'm like oh okay now it's going to be about how she's turning deaf and it's like oh that's not even like really a big part about it I'm like oh okay like now it's going to be about her dad being sick I'm like it was never about any one thing and I ultimately once I like abandoned the desire to pinpoint down like an agenda or narrative or a plot I was like oh it's just about the journey like I can suspend my like inclination to pick up on what the book is about and just go along for the ride. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm used to these sorts of books just about interesting people and it's just their life yeah. story. So I wasn't waiting for that thing. But I was curious. I didn't know that she was going to have this whole other life after the Duke. I really didn't thought she was just going to, you know, no, live I separately but together. Finished the book and I was like, oh, I'm in a totally different world. So like, yes. where am I? I? Well, the book started when she was like 18. Yeah, and then and also, ended when she was like 65. Yeah. Right, but also the book chronicles this time in history where there was so much change, like the turn of the century. And so in 1895, like things were done in this way. But by the time the book ends in 1945, like we've been through two wars. Yeah. Things aren't the same. No, totally. I felt like an old lady after finishing it. Like I had just lived a whole life. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, I couldn't agree more with you, Dana. I went into this book with so many expectations, and a, I was expecting a plot and less so like a historical timeline. Mm -hmm. And Jackie, I was. I'm so glad that we're able to dissect this book together, and I can hear your thoughts because I was the whole time. I was like, is this? the kind of literature that Jax is like wrapped up in right now like is this very similar and I was just like not I wasn't even sure what I was reading at the start yeah I thought the start was slow for me I will admit I was just like what is going down like wow we have a long way to go and then it really picked up for me and I just like loved hearing about this woman and her life and she accomplished so much and then totally agree the pivot to World War II. I was like, okay, like now we're in a fully world war novel. Mm -hmm. Like that, that was interesting too. Some of it I felt was a little heavy handed in terms of like anecdotes about her life. I understand why the author did that because like they're trying to weave in as much historical information as possible. Yeah. Um, but like it, it did sometimes feel heavy handed when she was like, and oh my, I learned I was going deaf. I was just like, whoa. Yeah, like, every time I heard like the things about like her, her hearing aids or like being deaf, I was like, these are such random one liners. Like, is it all going to tie back at some point? Yeah. It never did. No, it really never did. So to answer your question, if this is the sort of books I've been reading, I read two other books that were very similar about two other women that is that are just like this historical timeline of their lives. Very interesting 
women. The first book that I read was called The Queen's Fortune, which I shared on this show, which was about like Napoleon Bonaparte's first fiance. And it starts with like her coming of age and falling in love with Napoleon. And then it just keeps going, 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 just a story of her life, story of her life. And we end up in a completely different place. Like you guys will probably never read the book. So just spoiler alert, she, her and her husband wind up becoming the king and queen of Sweden and their descendants are still on the throne today. Like it's the most crazy turn of a story, but she like lived through like the Napoleonic Wars, all these things. And it's just told from her perspective, which I found interesting. And then the other book, which I read this month was called The Romanov Empress, a novel of Serena Maria Fyodorovna, who oh was- Oh my God who was the Tsar's wife of Russia from yeah. like 1860. I think she got married to 1895-ish, like around the time of this book. But what's interesting about that book, and which I, which is why I like reading these books so much, is there's so much crossover in, about the events and the characters. So this Serena, who I just read about, is the sister of Queen Alexandra, the queen who was going deaf. And I know so much about Queen Alexandra from that other book that like hearing their recollections of the same woman, I find to be so interesting. So the same goes for like events that take place, whether it is like World War II and like the Blitzkrieg, or even hearing about someone like Winston Churchill from like her point of view like as a cousin I find to be so interesting no it was definitely history that I was less familiar with I feel like I find myself like like 1930s post era and like this was earlier than I was used to so I learned a lot I've really been enjoying this earlier era of like the turn of the century I really liked hearing about a lot of these traditions also like when they were wearing the robes for I think maybe it was someone's I, I forget. There was like a lot of like. Oh, yeah. Life everyone events. was wearing. I think it was a carnation. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and they everyone's were wearing, robes like were pulling when they tried to adjust their Yes. Crown. Because like they only get brought out like every like 200 years. Like stuff like that yeah. I find very interesting. And I like love an upheld tradition. So me too. I that, feel you. That like gets me going. Like the fact that none of them thought to try on their crowns before the carnation and then they were all slipping. Yeah. 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 Snitch, please tell us your thoughts. I am so fucking curious. <laughs> I actually liked it. Yay! What I thought was, I mean, honestly, it took me literally like 40% to realize that this book was a true story. Okay. <laughs> Things and then, happen. And then once I realized that, it's like, it's hard to hate the plot of a book or like the story of a book when it's like, it, this is just like physically what happened. Like you can't change history. Yeah. But you could hate the writing. You could also say this is a, not a story worth telling. That's you true. You could say this is maybe a story worth telling, not one I care to read about. Right. No, I actually enjoyed it. And it was like, I, it was the perfect way for you to intro us to like this genre. Cause if it was like, so like felt like a textbook, like I would have killed you. But this was like, kind of like a combination of like all things. Like we had some, every, we had the ghosts, like yes. we had things like for everyone in I, this book. I felt it was a little snitchy because it was like romance. Like it was a love, hate, love story. You would think, but nothing that would be in like a book that I would like, like what happened? Like, uh, okay. Maybe her and Sunny, that was the name, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like start out hating each other, then fall in love. Nope. Maybe her and Winthrop forbidden love, you know, end up together. No. It's like all of a sudden jock from like this one time talking about a hot air balloon is like, that's, that's where we landed. You know, like at that one, I didn't really entirely see coming. You know what snitch that's called real life. I guess. But like, we never heard about Winthrop again. And like, that was strange because they made him such a star in the beginning. So I'm like, okay, of course this, we're going to close this loop. I totally agree. That was strange. It just goes to show how like people in your life at one point in your life can feel like the whole world to you. And then even 10 years later, it's like, oh, person yeah I, that's wow. true that's life snitch that's what i just took from it this is life and i need to stop fixating on like one part of it and just go along for the ride yeah it's like think about how different your life will be in like 50 years compared like same with her yeah and also they're not trying to prove something they're just telling a story right and are so we going like, to talk about like the article the art oh yes okay i want to yeah, talk yeah, about I the article sure. i shared some salacious daily mail article with the girls that sort of um upends consuelo's story this telling of it at least but also what I was just going to say is like, it's interesting to learn about periods in history through the lens of like someone like Consuelo, like with that level of wealth, privilege, like the, like on the one hand, like the fun things, like the clothes and the jewelry is like so exciting, but just even the way that she navigated getting a passport and getting out of the country, like so I like when we see things like from that human lens. And I think she's a really interesting and fabulous person to see through her lens. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know? But I also totally what like was confusing to me was like they never explained what she looked like. 
we were talking about that before. Yes, all we got really was that she had a really long neck and that she was really tall. <laughs> I've looked up photos of her and she really has a really long neck. <laughs> really? Like really? She's tall and slender and she has brown hair. She's not sickeningly stunning, but she's not, not cute. Like, okay, I think I'm she's a good looking woman. She's clearly like, she was so respected. She obviously had such a fabulous personality because every circle yeah. that she yeah. encountered, she just charmed everyone off their feet. Even so many people who were like hellbent on not liking her, which I found to be like why she was an interesting person But that like always happens study. in every fucking book that we read. And you always talk about how you hate that. Why? Oh, but this is a real person. I guess. She, but like, she, she got she sunny back shit. in good graces with the queen. Literally. She did that shit, Snitch. Okay, okay. So you know what? Now you could say to me next time I come for one of your books about how everyone's so likable, you could say to me, well, that happens in real life. Look at Consuelo. Yeah, she really does have a long neck. Right, so that's why the author I'm like shocked. <laughs> I feel like honestly, uh-huh. like now, I feel like like someone said that once and like every artist decided to paint her with a really long neck and I doubt she actually had one this long. I mean, I think a, some a of these perfect, are photos. Perfect neck for diamond snitch. That's so true. Wow, she could layer the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, should we get into the DBQs? Because thankfully, the book had a reader's guide. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Actually, a lot of these books that I read have reader's guide. I'm like, fuck, I should have picked it for the red <laughs> <laughs> Okay. First story from the reader's guide that we love. How does Consuelo's American democratic background versus the Duke's aristocratic one merge or clash in the story? Should she have handled things differently? Why did the Duke hate America? Good fucking question. Everyone did. Yeah. I would say that her progressive mindset and nature often clashed with his more traditional mentality about how women in particular fall into like place within a family and the expectations of a woman within their life etc whereas I think like her American gusto was like I'm here to make changes happen yeah and you may be unfamiliar with that because of your your English background yeah I also think that like and this time in history before even World War One where America was not a superpower it was sort of like you know like England's rebellious little cousin still <laughs> and so it's like oh you like annoying Americans but then the face of the world really changed after World War One and World War Two, where like the U.S. came in twice and and helped everyone out. So I think at that point in history, it was just like these pesky Americans. Yeah. I feel yeah. like the main differentiator was independence. Like he was always taunting and being condescending about how independent she wanted to be and like making decisions behind his back, like giving food to the poor. And like she wanted to sit across from him at the table instead of both of them at the far ends. And he would kind of scoff and be like, you're American independent. Independence is always getting in the way of traditional English customs. Mm -hmm. She, like, a lot of the book was, like, giving me Princess Diana vibes. Oh, interesting. I was actually curious, and I meant to do research, if Princess Diana was related to this family in any way, because her name's Diana Spencer, Mm -hmm. and this is the Spencer Churchill family. I guess I could just do a quick... Vanderbilt. The names were so hard for me to keep up with. The Duke's family was Spencer Churchill. Oh, you mean, oh, you mean the Duke's family. She's related to the Duke's family. Not, not... Yeah, yeah. yes, yes. I'm looking up if Diana and... Winston Churchill were related and yes they are wow. so she's a member of this family and those were so many things that I found to be so interesting like that Churchill I I had I don't know I didn't know that much about his upbringing I just had read in another book that he was once courting the same girl that was like going after the Prince of Wales or whatever or something like that and so I didn't know that he was like this like aristocratic guy and of course you don't get to be prime minister without like doing a lifetime of work and so seeing his career also like yeah you know as a subplot was super interesting totally okay next question consuelo's handling of her mother over the years says a lot about both women should consuelo just have cut her mother off after she was forced to marry the duke is alva strictly a villain does she redeem her earlier conduct why do you think she acted so dictatorially the mom was like a weird character for me because she just seems so like status hungry and opportunistic and would do anything at any cost to get her and her family elevated in society. But at the same time, she was like staunchly for women's rights. Yeah. And, like, such she an activist divorced and, like, her husband. Yeah. who was like her meal ticket. Those yeah. two just seemed at odds with one another for me. I'm like, are you an insufferable social climber or are you were like an impressive trailblazing activist? Like, can those both exist in this time? Totally. I agree. <laughs> they seemed in conflict with one another, but maybe it was like at a certain point in her life, she realized what was important for her, which was like being with the person that she loved and, yeah. and 
But what's weird is that revelation was coming to her at the same time that she was forcing her daughter into this marriage. But maybe she was like, but my daughter deserves the world. Yeah. You know, or it must have like all of these things. Or maybe she was even using her daughter's marriage as a crutch so that she could go and do her own thing. True. Because I think they sort of balanced each other out in terms of status. And she ultimately I, did make the ultimate sacrifice, which was the annulment claiming that she forced her daughter into it. Like, she came I, back around. I felt like she redeemed herself yeah. with that. I agree. Because also at points in the book, um, Consuelo sort of looks back on things and is like, you know, what she got out of her marriage with the Duke, she got so much aside from her children. She Like, she did get this status yeah. and, like, this influence that she was able to do so much good with. So even though things happened and she didn't find love until, you know, she was 38 and she had to pause her life for so long, I think... It wasn't all bad. Yeah. And she recognized that. And she got She out of did it. recognize it, which I give Consuelo a lot of credit for that she, at, like, when the annulment was happening, that's when she had this moment of self reflection that was like, was it, like, was it as bad as I think? Like, I got my two children and I made a lot of progress in terms of just, like, bettering the communities around where I lived, et cetera. And she made so many incredible connections. But I definitely think that. And I, I actually think that she was self-aware even when it was all happening with her arranged marriage because she was, like, obviously heartbroken and devastated, but she was, like, my mom, like, went through such a terrible time with her family and, like, their farm kind of, like, falling apart when, during the Civil War. That's what it was. Yeah. And she's like, I know that like she had to be really strong for her family and she is just encouraging me to have the same strength and bolstering me into a position where I am able to thrive. Yeah. And have the means necessary to do so and the accessibility in like the royal public eye. I love when Miss Harper snapped at her. She's like, bitch, you think I want to be waiting on you hand and foot? I want family too. Like, yeah. shut up yeah. and go live in the most beautiful mansion imaginable. And I think like older Consuelo, when she looked back on her life, like, would she rather have married Winthrop or gone down the path that she did would have chosen to go down the path that yes. she did. Yeah. You know, I also thought that her mom like opened up doors for her in the sense of like her mom got divorced, which made it okay for her to get divorced, which I feel like, I don't know, play might've played a part in like the mom's decision to force her. Cause she was like, she'll get out of it if she wants to. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Some or maybe foresight. it was like giving her this level of status where she could do what she wants with that. Yeah. You know, but it's something that, you can't just go and get, you can't just become a duchess. But, but I mean, in this case, she did buy But it. honestly, like, I'm glad that her mother did not let her marry Winthrop. Yeah, like, yeah. that would have been like a, a deadbeat. Boy. Yeah, he was yeah. sketchy. Yeah. yeah like, she was capable of just so much more. She was just thinking small. 100%. Okay, the author says, I could not have possibly made up a character like Gladys Deacon, who's the Duke's second wife. Is she a sympathetic character or just the opposite? Can you understand her being unbalanced? Also, did you suspect she was after the Duke? At what point? Before Consuelo realized it? Why didn't she catch on right away? Whenever so, someone is mentioned as a friend of a husband, <laughs> I'm like, oh, you're a problem. Yeah, when mm -hmm. he brought in like an American girl who was so beautiful, stunning, and smart, I was like, oh, okay, like threat. But then Consuelo didn't see it that way. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm just like so... It's really jealous care. and insecure. Like, that's on me. Oops. But no, woman's intuition. 100%. No, I made, I made the error. So I'm a little biased while answering this question because I looked up Gladys Deacon because I wanted to know, like, her relevance in historical society. And it was, like, second wife of the oh, Duke. Oh, fuck. Like, that's hilarious. You bloodthirsty psycho. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I have done that sometimes before. And I really wanted to look up Blenheim Palace and some of these other houses. And I was like, I will wait till the book ends otherwise i'll find burned something in a fire a <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so funny yeah no it, it's bizarre because i wasn't doing that with every character but gladys for some reason i was like i under i need to understand like her relevance in this world and i was like oh well no yeah i know, I, now I know. <laughs> yeah she really couldn't have made up a character like that because i don't think i would have believed that she yeah. just like one got this like nose implant that fell to her chin <laughs> that she showed up at the house with a gun that she slept with the revolver by her bed that she breeded all these blenheim cavaliers at the estate <laughs> Um, but that's why I love that it's a true story yeah. because it's like, oh no, it's stranger than fiction. Totally. I was kind of rooting for the Duke to find his happy ending. Like I was saddened by his fate because she found love and like he wasn't a horrible husband. They just didn't like each other. So it would have been nice. He really he, didn't do like anything wrong. Yeah. Like he was yeah. trolling a little, but that was the era. Yeah. He was just a little he, miserable, but like he went down his path of finding love and like that's his ticker that 
picker that he <laughs> picks someone yeah. who is nuts. Yeah. 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 What does Mrs. Prattley mean to Consuelo? Something beyond mere charity. Why does Consuelo continue to think of the old lady over the years? So there's this connection between, like, obviously all the philanthropy that Consuelo is doing between um, especially young people and old that she reaches out to, and Miss, Mrs. Prattley kept coming up. And I just think it was just a symbol of, like... Charity. Of, of charity and also her desire to like have deeper connections with people yeah. and an ability to do that. Like she was capable of it. And I think it was symbolic of her helping the, the communities that she helped like yeah. a reminder that she was like a do gooder philanthropist in a lot of ways. Yeah. And her like constantly seeking out that feeling of, of connection with the next person that she helped. Yeah. The only thing that got her through the marriage was the opportunity she was going to have to help people. So I feel like she the old woman was a symbol of that, of just like, okay, this is why I'm in this position so that I can give back. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So many of us tend to see war that is distant from us in time or place in abstract generalities. Today's media close-up and personal coverage makes the human impact of war more real. How does Consuelo's contact with refugees make the impact of war hit home for her? I mean, I don't think it could have hit any yeah. fucking harder. And yeah. you know what? Actually, the the lack of coverage, so to speak, really made it so that they could not ignore the war until it was on their doorstep. Yeah. And it was really interesting to see how everyone was sort of like dancing in the streets and, you know, where peace is here. And like Winston Churchill's like nuts trying, like letting everyone know, you know, they danced while Rome burned. And it was ironic to see it from that perspective of like this slow march to like you know September 1939 like you know mm-hmm. what's coming and they really didn't yeah. I was like a little annoyed obviously I would have done the same thing as anyone would in her position but her whole shit was like altruism helping others helping others and then like the second she got the opportunity she ran to the front of her, the line with like her letter saying that she has to leave the country that just, didn't annoy me just because oh, like i, can't I get it obviously but thing. i'm just like you were very quick to abandon your like morals <laughs> of helping the poor but she was sort of special because she was on that list yeah. yeah yeah like she did need to get out so did everyone but i guess that would be, have been her rationale like no they're looking for me yeah no i get it this was like not a ridiculous decision on her behalf just contrasted with like the previous page of like oh I she only barely wanted... left yeah yeah, yeah. that's true <laughs> Okay, next question. The author says she knew a lot about Sarah Jennings, the first Duchess of Marlborough, because she had visited Blenheim. I had watched the excellent BBC series, The First Churchills. Sarah had quite a temper, almost as explosive as Alva's. Is her ghost hostile or friendly to Consuelo, and why? Are you aware of any other cases of historic ghosts tied to their homes or to their great achievements? Just Layla. Yeah, literally, (laughs) when I think of a ghost in a book, I think of Layla. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of, too. She's a historic ghost. It was a weird, interesting touch that the author added. It's clear that, like, that is probably a factoid of the house that she maybe couldn't have not added. But I don't believe in ghosts. I just simply don't believe in ghosts. Yeah, it's Like, they're opening and closing the doors and, like, taking stuff out of the luggage. Like, I just don't believe in it. Like, I'm happy for them that they feel that connection. (laughs) But, like, come on. Like, until I see a fucking ghost take something out of my suitcase and, like, put it away, like, I'm not going to believe it. I agree. And if it's not the ghost of Sneetch's past, I don't want it. No, I don't (laughs) want it. It did feel like a reach at times. I was like, there's so much else going on in this story. Like, why are we fixating on this Why are we keeping going back to the ghost? Mm -hmm. They did make it, though, I think, that, like, the women were the only ones who really saw the ghost. So I guess it was just like a tie to like feminism in this era. Yeah, definitely. It seems that both Alva and Consuelo changed houses frequently. In what way were their surroundings an extension of themselves? Did you find this is also true about yourself in your choice of home or in, and decor? I mean, we, I fucking what? wish. <laughs> um, I yeah. wish I had one home. No, like literally every time like something changed in their life, it's like, so we had to move and buy yeah, a whole literally. new estate. Yeah, every, every yeah. chapter was like, oh, we bought a new estate. I know, like the property was so sickening. But it is interesting because like Blenheim Palace is open to the public now. I actually read a really sad article. They had to lay off like 78% of their staff because of COVID. They wow. had at 1.450 people working on the property. It's wow. like so massive. And it's like a park and it's open to the public and the family still lives there, the Marlboros. So um, that was a bummer to read. Next Redhead's uh, field trip. Oh my God, <laughs> that would be so cute. We could also Are go, the Marlboros we still like relevant? We could also go to Newport and go to the Vanderbilt house. We can go to Long Island, Staten Island, see we, the graves. We really could. <laughs> we could do a tour day. We could go to south of France. <laughs> 
We could go to Ez. Are the Marlboros still like of any bit of importance? Well, they are still the Marlboros and, and the Duke, but those things don't really mean anything anymore. Okay. You know? No, I don't, because isn't there like a monarchy? There is a monarchy. No, they still have their titles, but like, it's not like the way that it used to work. It's like everybody like lives on their property and brings their crops to the main house. And like now <laughs> they just live in like a capitalist society, like where everyone just works for themselves. Like at one point, the Duke actually, the Sonny, like needed money for the house, but like based on the laws of that time, he couldn't actually get a job. Which is why he had to marry for money. Got oh, it. right. And she, like, saved the... She saved the she dude, saved The Marlboros or whatever. Right. But, like, you would think, like, oh, you need money. Like, go work. But he actually couldn't have because he was royal. So that's just, like, an interesting thing. I wish, like, there was a rule like that <laughs> for me. I'm, I'm so fucking royal. <laughs> um, no, I thought the, like, explanation of all the homes and, like, there was just so many. Oh, my God. It took so me forever many. to just even fucking realize what Blenheim was. And then, like, just because I just was, like, I just can't remember the names of all these things. But I only remember the name Blenheim because of Cavaliers. I was, like, that's so weird that it's, like, named after a type of Cavalier breed. And then, you know, obviously that was why. Oh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that that was a type of Cavalier oh, breed. Oh, so I mm-hmm. went to look up. Once I saw that Gladys was breeding Blenheim Cavaliers in the house, I was, like, oh, so there's a tie-in. So I Googled it. And it turns out that the term Blenheim for Cavalier is based on the Blenheim Palace. And just so you guys know... Bruno and Theo are Blenheim Cavaliers. Oh it's the my it's God. the orange and white color together. That's oh orange, brown and white. Ruby. Ruby and white. Ruby and white is Blenheim. That's Theo and Bruno. Magnolia is Ruby. Ruby. So there's there's tricolor cavaliers, but Blenheim are Theo and Bruno, and that is named after Blenheim Palace. Oh my that god. Wait. So sorry, I'm just catching on. Blenheim is named after Blenheim Palace, or Blenheim Palace is named after Blenheims? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> they're not that important, I think. Here, no. here's, here's the tea. During, during the early part of the 18th century, John Churchill, the first Duke of Marlborough, kept red and white King Charles-type spaniels for hunting. The Duke recorded that they were able to keep up with the trotting horse. His estate was named Blenheim in honor of his victory at the Battle of Blenheim. Because of this influence, the red and white variety of King Charles Spaniel, and thus the Cavalier King Charles Spaniel, became known as the Blenheim. Oh. And that is Bruce. Hmm. So there were white cavaliers back in the day? Did I say that? He, did she say that they were breed yeah, that they were breeding ruby and white cavaliers. Kept red and white type spaniels. I think red and white together. Oh, okay. I think so. I think. But you never know. I'll believe anything you tell me. I was so. just shook by the visual of like their beautiful like ballroom yeah. or dining room just like converted to a kennel. I know. Like how, you can't even imagine like how scary that probably is oh my god and i'm sure like after consuelo left like the rest of the house like just like wasn't, went to shit wasn't yeah. kept up and you know the like the roofs leak and all this stuff and also so when i read the last book about the american heiress then i found out which was very similar to downton abbey has anybody watched that no if you watched it you would get really downton vibes from this book but what i didn't realize was like at this period of time like in the turn of the century when all of these estates like were didn't have enough money to like fix the roofs which were leaking because they had been built so long ago so many of them married american heiresses and like these heiresses dollar brides right, that they right, said right. like came in and saved all these houses consuelo i think was like the biggest and the baddest one in the biggest and the baddest house but there were many like her and that's uh, also a part of the show downton abbey huh. beautiful just a fun fact now it's time to get into the redhead questions, but before we do, I need to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Masterclass. With Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds anytime, anywhere at your own pace. You can learn how to do makeup with Bobby Brown. You can learn how to cook from Gordon Ramsay. You can get business lessons from Bob Iger. You can take acting lessons with Natalie Portman. With over 100 classes from a range of world-class instructors, that thing you've always wanted to do is closer than you think. We love Masterclass class here at the Redheads because clearly we love learning, growing, becoming experts in any particular field. Bex is now a professional omelet maker. We can't wait till we're doing like Redheads brunch and she's cooking for all of us. I love the Bob Iger business lessons. Like I'm just always looking to become a businessman beau and Masterclass is the best place to go for that. I recommend you check it out, get unlimited access to every masterclass, and as a Redhead listener, you get 15% off an annual membership. Go to masterclass.com book. That's masterclass.com book for 15 off 
20% off of Masterclass. You guys, Masterclass is an amazing platform. The possibilities are endless. If you have any sort of itch that you want to scratch, like Masterclass has it for you. And this is an amazing deal to get 15% off. Go to masterclass.com slash book. Okay, time to get into the redhead questions. We got some great ones. First up, love the Jackie historical fiction picks and loved learning about this incredible real woman in our history, just like in Codename Helene. However, in this book, I feel like the characters were told to us rather than shown to us. We hardly actually knew any of the characters, so I never really felt invested in them. Am I alone in feeling this, or did the redheads also find themselves totally detached from the characters? I get that because it was only from one person's perspective. Yeah. But personally, you know, I fucking love that. Like, I just hate when things are just bopping around. Like, I'm in someone's head every other freaking chapter. Oh, you're, you're glad that we didn't switch perspectives. Yes, yes. But I do understand, like, yeah, I'm the only person that I really genuinely cared about was Consuelo. And then, like, everyone else was just, like, a byproduct. Yeah, and, and it's like... Sonny comes off so terribly and it's like but was he that terrible right this is your experience it's not mine yeah and I think that was my hesitation at the start of the book like not understanding if I was driving with it or not was the fact that it was sort of a timeline and less of a narrative and novel and character development are tied to the latter and like that's just not what this book is here to offer it's here to offer a lot of things but it's not going to like tell you the nitty gritty about like every single character because like it's such a fast paced timeline and Mm -hmm. like so much history packed into 300 pages Mm -hmm. and I feel like the writing itself informed that too like the way it was written it was kind of it kind of felt like old Englishy like I wasn't reading a modern book not only in the content but in the writing style so that kind of put distance between like intense character development yeah I also felt like for a portion of the characters that we don't really know like Blanford her son and you know, I, there, we just went with what she said. We only saw them through her eyes and like they told us, she told us how they were. We didn't get to see it for ourselves. Like an example of Ivor not being very strong or, or whatever. But then for the historical characters who like we've heard of elsewhere, like Winston Churchill, I thought it was cool that we did get to see them through her lens. But I thought the character development of Consuelo herself, Mm -hmm. like in the beginning, she's really like this ice, like ignorant young girl. And the, from every like chapter of her life, you really see her grow. And it never felt like she jumped from being like so green to them being a wise woman. Like you really are on the journey with her. Yes. Yeah. And it feels like the same person the whole time. But then when you look back at the beginning, it's like, who was that girl? They, totally. Yeah, they do capture her voice. Like they were, did a good job consistency wise on like, oh, a Quinsuelo is talking and I feel like this is her. Yeah. Why do you, what do you think was the story with Winthrop? Why was he such a fuckboy and unmarried in his 30s? Yeah, I wish they found, they let us know, like, what was the tea on what Winthrop. Came, and what came of him. They did say him. that, like, there was rumors that he was sterile and, like, yeah. couldn't produce a child. Oh, right. So that might have been part of it, but it was never confirmed. That was just, like, a rumor. Yeah, I would have just liked to, like, close up the button on that, but I have to yeah. be honest, like, I wasn't thinking about Winthrop. Yeah. I was. I was. Of course, because you thought it was going to go the way. <laughs> no, but like not even that. Like, I just like, don't get me started on this story and then not finish it. But that's like, it's, it just, I get like it, Jackie. It's like young Star-Tark. love that yeah. like, we're past that. Like, but she like, sees also, the world beyond. older than her. I was like a little like, oh. Yeah, well, that leads to the next question. Do you think it's weird that the only two men Consuelo loved were friends with her father? Winthrop I mean, and she really loved her dad. So, yeah. like, I might be he an Oedipus. He's a good-ass dad. Yeah. A gad. <laughs> he is a good-ass dad. <laughs> like, Oedipus complex? Like, maybe. Or maybe she was like, I have a good-ass dad. Like, if he likes someone, they're a good-ass guy. Gag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, her mom was so awful. So, it's like, I like my dad even more. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Do you think Consuelo's marriage was the reason that Alva Vanderbilt was accepted back into society after her divorce? We touched on this a little bit earlier. And now that this question has been posed... I kind of think, yeah, like yeah. you have an American duchess for a daughter. I think Alva could have worked her way back and would have worked her way back, but I think it was definitely expedited yeah. that because at the same time her daughter was becoming a duchess. Also, I tried to do a little research but didn't find out much, but I think that her then her second husband, Oliver Belmont, was like Belmont Stakes guy. Oh. I, I feel like it's like every person was important. But it was also evidenced the climbing her way back into society was evidenced by when they hosted that grand ball for the Duke's arrival to the United States. 
every single person was clawing for an invite and every single person RSVP'd yes. Like that was like yeah. the first indication like, oh, this is going to be a good thing for my reputation. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm not sure about the Belmont Stakes. I just made that up. But, but like it would, it would track. Yeah, it was like, like now no like everyone has the same last names. Then like no one really did unless they were related. Yeah, no, it was like really. Is that how that works? It was, and also like, do you guys? I don't know if you guys like um, are fans of Edith Wharton. Yes, but it was cool to see her in there. And yes. people do say that her book, The Buccaneers, is based on Consuelo. Oh, totally. So it was cool that they had a little convo in there. Yes, I loved that. Also, um, H.G. Wells. Like, I love like all of like the authors. Yes, Lord Balfour made an appearance. And if you've been studying up on the Israeli history, that name should mean something to you. The Balfour Declaration. Just all very cool. It was a lot of very cool cameos. I felt for yeah. sure. And did you read the author's note? It was after the excerpt from the second book. No. no. Okay. Well, she talked about how she enjoyed like putting in those tidbits and checks. She had wanted to do more because I guess she wrote a book about it was called the royal nanny is about uh, the prince of wales's nanny and she wanted <laughs> her to run into her at sandringham but the time they visited sandringham oh. she wasn't the nanny yet she was like and i tried to just remain true it must that. be such a that's nice, really nice of her yeah experience to read these books where you know so intimately all the characters yeah but then on the one hand yes on the other hand it gets a little bit redundant you know like because you know what's gonna happen no and also because it's like i'm reading a lot of the same stuff but in the case of this book which was more similar than anything I've read before, um, the most similar to something I read before, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And when it's a true story, like, it's always better. Agreed. I think. Of all the homes described in the book, which one would each of the redheads want to live in? Ooh, I think Cowhurst or whatever it was. Like, her little her sanctuary, her sanctuary um, in the fields, like seemed very wholesome. There was like a lot of farm to table action, a lot of fresh flowers. <laughs> oh, that's so bad. That really touched my soul. Yeah. Snitch. Um, I don't remember what it's called. Like, I'm sorry. I can't remember the name. The one where she had, where her mom was like across the ways from her. Yeah. It that, was the, the last one. I think like St. George Motel or something. Oh, great. Yeah. That's, that's what I would want. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that just sounded, it sounded like a nice, just like reprieve from the world. Like she like could be who she wanted there. And like, that's just like what I need. Yeah. I think I'm going Blenheim. Of course you are. <laughs> Rhode Island. Yeah, yeah. So good. I was thinking that one too. There was also For like a sure. Palms, uh, West Palm or West, Palm yeah. Spring? Um, Not Palm, Palm Spring. Beach. Palm Beach. And there was also 665th Avenue. Yeah. So. I was, I was going to say 665th Avenue, but like... I want to get out of the city. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Currently, I went out. Okay, last Redhead's question. I'm so curious about your thoughts on Consuelo getting married at 18 and then having to move to a brand new country where she knows no one. Honestly, it reminded me of Bridgerton with Daphne having to marry the Duke. Anyways, my question is, what are your thoughts slash how would you feel if you were born during that time period and had to marry so young and move away from your family? I just feel like it's like we, in hindsight, we're just like, I would never, like, I can't. Like, but imagine like this is actually like the society that you live in, like the mm-hmm. world that you live in, like that's your everyday. Like yeah. what else are you going to do besides like, do it? When you so turn upsetting. 18, you are going to have to get married and you are probably going to have to move. And so you just have to hope that it's to somewhere and someone that you like. Like that was just, the, yeah. Like, like you say now, it's like, I would never, it's like, no, you probably would. You would not have had a choice. And that's a lot of the books that I've read. And a lot of them, like, she went on to become a duchess, but in some of the other books I've read, it's like girls who grew up like in minor royal families, like going on to be like the queen or the empress. And it's like, or moving somewhere like Russia where it's completely different from what you know. And yeah. Britain is so different from the America. US and what she knew. And so I agree. And I feel like for her, it's like, she's now in this society where it's like, oh, we're friends with the royals, but like, she didn't care. Yeah, yeah she's freaking American. But I think that's also what allowed her to do really well in these circles because she didn't have like, you know, she wasn't as nervous as everyone else. She had nothing to lose. Yeah. I felt genuine stress at that. Like moving to a different country, having to host and like do everything by yourself and throw parties. Like my worst nightmare. Yeah. Your worst nightmare. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. Now we're doing a new section that is just for this book and maybe other books like it, where instead of the Kindle highlights, we are doing a section called historical factoids, where I want to hear from each of you. What was one interesting historical factoid that you learned from the book that you did not previously know? I did not know that Winston Churchill was the prime minister. Okay. okay. And I'm sure I knew this at one point, but I did not remember that World War One started with the assassination of the Archduke, Archduke. Franz Ferdinand of yeah. Austria. That's like so. truly like the only thing I know about yeah. World War I. You know what? That's the only thing I know. When I hear the name Franz, I'm like, and it's World War One. Yep. <laughs> and here we are. And I know the dates. 1914, yeah. baby. Yeah. yeah. I know nothing. No. I, and I know Treaty of Versailles. Like, yeah, that I knew. I mean, it's like, 
I think you realized at the end of the book who Winston Churchill was. Did you look him up? Yes, I Googled it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I knew that. But, like, I so didn't. <laughs> yeah. No, but, like, now it's like if you read the whole book, like, knowing, oh, Cousin Winston is, like, going to I be... looked it up really early because the second oh, they said Winston and, like, Churchill, I was like, who's Winston Churchill again? Oh, good, good, good. Yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah. love to hear it. Snitch, what did you learn? I think what I learned is that there was a time period where Americans were marrying people, like, in Britain to, like, save their castles and houses. And it was, like, that was just a really random thing that I didn't know yeah. yeah yeah me too I didn't know that either what I learned or thought was really interesting was the way that they talked about things that in now in hindsight we refer to so differently like when she talked about civil war she called it the war between the states and yeah. when they talked it wasn't called world war one and world war two because like they didn't know there they, was a two there wasn't gonna they the didn't know war. there was gonna be a two so it was just really interesting and how like at you know during world war one they called the germans the huns and now that's not even a tr- i had to i clicked on it to see the definition because i never heard that before and like now they're just the nazis you know and yeah. she said that mm-hmm. at one point she's like the huns well now they're called the nazis are coming in uh, yeah if that. you go to the south even today, they refer to the Civil War as something other than the Civil War. As like the war between the states or like the, at one point she also called it like the war between North and South or something. Yeah, like the war of like the Confederacy being lost basically. Like it's like not leaning towards like North favorability. Oh, interesting. Yeah, like textbooks too. Like they're all kind of like we know it as a Civil War, but like I think like our friends in Alabama might not. Oh, wow. That's so weird. That yeah. is so weird. Also, something that I learned that I didn't know was that the Germans had this hostage list of high-profile and wealthy um, citizens who they wanted to take hostage for ransom. I had no idea. I thought yeah, that was same. such an interesting factoid. Yeah, totally. I would have liked to know who else was on the list. Yeah. I'm sure I can look it up. You was, were on the list. Yeah, I heard. I, yeah. That I knew. <laughs> um, my interesting factoid was I had no idea that Winston Churchill had this like, thriving artistic side. <laughs> Me neither. He was like so cute. He was yeah. like such a little artiste. <laughs> also, I loved when they talked about in a lot of pictures, he does the V, which is also known as the peace sign. Right, right. And they were talking about like what it meant. And I really hoped at the end he was going to be like, it means peace. <laughs> Literally <laughs> never. <laughs> but now, just so you know, when I'm doing that in all pictures, it's, it's harking back to Winston Churchill. Like, Absolutely. Yeah, I, it's just a bit of history for you to guys. Your core. I mean, that's why I've been doing it all this time. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, now it is time for the moral of the story. And I didn't have one until literally right this minute. Oh, so God. I'm just going to share it. Okay. And it's that the truth is stranger than fiction. Ooh, I love that. The truth wow. is stranger than fiction. You couldn't make it up. Oh, 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 sorry. I was just like, like a no. true story. It could be stranger it's than fiction. It's true. That's when true. I, like, was forgetting that this is a true story. I kept being like, this is such a stupid character device. Or like, what's the function of her in this plot? I'm like, oh, right, this happened. Like, <laughs> no, like, you're that's so, what I'm saying. It's like, yeah, it's hard yeah. to read a book that you know it's like, this just yes. happened. You're so trained. Like, you know, as literally, a novelist. What's, what's the motif point of this? <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. But I do feel like some things were actual motifs, like the ghost, yeah. like the woman, the older woman, and, and the charity. Yeah, so I yeah, feel like yeah. they had those elements for you to know. <laughs> just literally. for me to analyze. <laughs> So morals, anyone? Do we have any morals in the group? I, um, my moral has to do with charity. Like I'm, I'm having a hard time putting it into words, but like giving back and like what you have, like is only as good as like what you put back into the world. Mine was, I feel like on a similar note, change starts with you. Yes. Also, there was that quote at one point where it literally says that like, you know, give what you have and whatnot that her dad had said yeah, yeah i know yeah. What you're, yeah, like yeah, yeah. i think that's what you're saying very nice snatchler it's all gonna be okay is it it'll all work out yeah i also liked at the end like they obviously had to wrap up the book with at the beginning of world war ii so it's kind of like a weird way to wrap it yeah and they added that excerpt from churchill's speech where it's like don't fear the future even though they had everything to fear yes. and like knowing what lay ahead but it's like you just gotta rip the veil off snatchler Wait, I'm sorry. Am I missing something? Like, she got out. Yeah, no, but like, <laughs> so no, she's no, gonna I'm be sorry. Okay. She's okay, but the world was no, not no, no, okay. No, 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 sorry. I was just like really talking about well, like your personal. Churchill, right, but when Churchill made that speech, he was speaking to the world. So it's like he told the world, even though they had so much to fear. Like, do not, we don't fear the future. Maybe that's a good one. Don't fear, fear the future. Yeah. I like totally. That. Okay, now it's time for the Hollywood treatment. A little bit of fun for everyone. Woo. Let's start with Consuelo. Obviously, this spans her life. So I'm thinking young Consuelo, 18 to 35. Okay, yeah. That's what probably, I have. We probably have to switch actresses after that. I had Sophie Turner. Oh, that's good. Long-necked that's good Sophie. Yeah. Sancher? For some reason, like, I couldn't stop picturing Emma Stone. That's good. 
That's a good one. Yeah. I had Emma Watson. Okay. Very good. Thank Guys, you. I had Emma Roberts. <laughs> Emma. Oh my God. Wow. She's an Emma deep down. And then I had a transition to Julia Roberts. That's good. Thank and you. That's really good. But then the long neck, I was thinking Laura Dern, like old school. Like <laughs> that's, that's actually like also really yeah. good. Okay, that's yeah. crazy. Sorry to jump around, but I had Julia Roberts for Alva. Okay. Ooh. For Alva, I had Jessica Walter, who is no longer with us, but she plays Lucille Bluth. And I was just had her in my mind every time Alva spoke. You know Lucille Bluth from yeah, of course, of course. Arrested Development. Yeah. That's Alva. Got Who's it. Who's your Alva? I had Meryl Streep. Nice. Great. Yeah. She's always like good at being mean. Totally. I had Kathy Bates. Oh, very good. Especially like Titanic vibes when she was like... Yeah. You know, I was actually at one point, I thought they might cover the Titanic because so many of the people on the Titanic, they were going from like the UK or Ireland to the US and they cover the... the Downton Abbey, the show opens up with the Titanic and like because people that they were related to passed away. And I was surprised that Consuelo, like no one close to her was on it or they didn't mention it at least. Damn. That would have like, that's another interesting Especially piece of history. Kept talking about like going by boat. Right. Yeah. I was like, damn. I thought maybe, and Beautiful. now you know, like can understand how like the Titanic was that sort of boat and it was the biggest and the baddest. I got to rewatch Titanic. They actually probably so should have mentioned the Titanic because like it's so Consuelo. We've just found a flaw. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Then for Sonny, I had Jim Parsons. I had James McAvoy, which is like the same kind of vibe. Yeah. I had Elijah Wood. Oh, good. Yeah. We're all in the same boat. <laughs> I had Lord Farquaad. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> As a cartoon and all. <laughs> Perfect. That's amazing. Then for Jacques, like I really couldn't think of a French actor, but then as I said it out loud, I was like, oh, Jacques Luan's ex-boyfriend that's exactly who i had <laughs> exactly who i had like i'm just so dead a hundred percent you guys don't watch real house no. in new york but she had a french boyfriend named jacques and he literally <laughs> is fits the description okay i had um benedict cumberbatch oh that's good snatchler he is not french but i had rami malik <laughs> no. oh Pretty good. He's just a good actor, and he's a chameleon. He, yeah, yeah, he, he can, really is. He can be whatever you need him he's to be. He's not tall enough, I don't think. I, I picture Jacques as, as like a strapping hunk. Yes. So, yeah. Like we barely fit in the plane. Our Hunter. I was also just waiting dip. for Jacques to die by plane. Yeah, yeah. but then yeah. he didn't, and that's what really happened. No, I know. Nice. Okay, let's give this book our rating so we can share other books we read this month. I guess I'll go first because it was my choice. I came in here ready to give it a 4.2, but after talking about it, I like it even more. <laughs> I'm going to bump to a 4.4. Nice. Wow. Nice. Snitch? Oh, I'm going to give it a 4. <laughs> Honestly, after talking about it, it made me like want to start fucking watching Downton Abbey. Like, <laughs> if you guys are looking to scratch the itch, please come to me. You know what is so interesting that I traced my thoughts back and the reason why I even started this historical journey to begin with like before the books it was Queen Victoria the show before that it was Downton Abbey and before that what started all this the crown Bridgerton yeah so like thank you Bridgerton I if that show if I never watched that show I would not be where I am today no you would not literally you are Dana I gave it a 3.5 okay I also gave it a 3.5 okay <laughs> yeah, he was ready to come in I here believe and for it to be like our highest rated book no 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 <laughs> I actually don't think that would make sense for it to be the highest rated book but I did think it was very good honestly it, like I was expecting to give it like a two when I started and like I really liked it by the end I'm yeah. so glad so our overall redheaded rating for this book is a 3.85 I feel like that's right. completely fair feels so totally. appropriate yeah, it, it feels, feels so right it feels like the average rating of all of our ratings <laughs> <laughs> Okay, now it's time for the other books that we read this month. Someone, Dana, would you like to go first? Yeah, I actually only read two, but they were both phenomenal. So this was a quality oh. over quantity month. No, um, but also we only had three weeks and we were in yeah. Nashville. We had no time. Yeah, no. Yeah, this, I got nothing. Totally. I only had one that I finished. The first was The Heart's Invisible Furies by John Boyne. It was so good. I would give it a 4.7, like one of the best books I've read in a long time. It's mm. not for everyone, but like it was great. And then, per Ritz recommendation, I finally read The Girl with Seven Names by Hyun Soo Lee, and it was a masterpiece. Just, like, also historical, not fiction, a memoir, and very, very, like, intriguing from page one to the end of the book. I was invested in this girl's true story life. Wow. Unbelievable. It's a, a legendary read. I could not recommend it enough. Mm -hmm. What did you rate it, Dana? A 4.5. 
Wow. Which is high for me. That yeah, is that high is for high. you. How come you don't just give stuff? Like anything that I just enjoyed, five. I, as I keep saying every time, like I need to recalibrate, put all the books in a row, reorder it and rate it, and then like I'll have a better standard. But yeah. I'm just like, well, if I gave that a five, I can't give this. I understand. Bex? I read, per Dana's recommendation, The Push by Ashley Audrain, and it was unbelievable. I will say, like, I would recommend it with caution. Like, mm-hmm. if you are looking to start a family in, like, the next, like, year or so, like, maybe this isn't the book for you, but it talks just about, like, motherhood and, like, women who m- might not necessarily believe that they would be a great fit to be a mother, but, like, feel societal pressures at times to, like, have children and bear children. And it just, like, way deeper than that. It was so unbelievable. I rated it a 4.5. Wow. It's, we both rated our books a 4.5. Hey. It was really, like, I can't recommend it enough. One amazing book. Okay, it's on my list of things to read. I just, um need to get to like a place where I'm, I'm ready for a change, which I tried this month. So I read The Romanov Empress, a novel of Serena Maria Fyodorovna by C.W. Gortner, which is the story, like I told you guys. Um, I thought it was so, so good. Again, it was, it was very similar to this book, the same exact sort of layout, just about a different woman. And there were times where I was like, it feels like I'm just like, you know, running, like this author's just like running through a list of facts and we're just trying to get from one place to the next. But overall, it was a history lesson told to me in a pleasurable way. I gave it a five stars in Goodreads, but now I kind of want to like be in the club with you guys. So I'm going to give it a four and a half. <laughs> I love that for you. And then I was like, okay, I need to like do something different. The new Lauren Weisberger book came out called Where the Grass is Green and the Girls Are Pretty. She wrote Devil Wears Prada and also When Life Gives You Lululemons, which was a book that I love. So I was really excited for her new book. I got to 28% when I decided to put it down because I found it to be not for me like I don't know if other people are liking it Claudia got to 30% and I don't know if she's gonna keep going wow it was like a take on the college admission scandal which I'm just really over in general and I was just not finding any of the characters likable relatable interesting or anything of the sort so that was really disappointing and then in my next weird disappointment I was (laughs) on my way to Dallas I was like I have to start a new book went to my want to reads which were a lot of suggestions from toasters and redheads and what I should have done was start American Duchess so I didn't have to read so quickly but I started a book called A Brief History of Montmorey and I didn't do a lot of research and I don't even think it's a true story I don't even know if Montmorey is a real place I looked it up as I was reading it and it's like a YA historical fiction book I'm 80% in I'm gonna finish it but I just had to start American Duchess but I don't know what the fuck I'm reading (laughs) to the person who recommended it like why no I just I'm so it's the weirdest book I've ever read it's about like this island off the coast of like do you like it no, you oh. would hate it. It's like, are you a, kidding? That that recap was like, should I do it? I heard YA and I was like, so will I it's like it? It's an island off the coast of Britain where this like it's its own um, kingdom, and so there's like a king and like the kids, but like no one lives on the island. It's just like these three princesses running around, and like the king is mad, and they just like run around the island. It's like no. so insane, and it's set in like 1933. It's so fucking weird. <laughs> okay, so I don't know who did this to me. I, I, I want to finish the book. Maybe it gets, like, better. I have no you're at idea. 80%. I just, like... Yeah, you're a... It's a lost cause. No, I'm going to finish... I'm at 80. I'm going to finish it... <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can do it. Tonight. Yeah, yeah, no, I just needed to start American Duchess. It went by pretty quickly, I'll say, but you guys, I'm going to be way more cautious about taking recommendations without doing proper research. <laughs> totally. But, like, up until this point, all the recommendations haven't required... Yeah. Anyways, now that's all we read this month. It is time I'm for... I'm still in the middle of the book that I spoke about on Last Redhead, so nice. You know what, Snitch? Take your time. I'm, I'm taking my... Are you enjoying yourself? No, it's a little weird. It's like a serial killer. Oh, okay. Sometimes you got to put it down. No, I'm not hating it, but like I'm not dying to like take it listen out. to him like butcher someone else. Oh, okay. Summertime Snitch, you know? It's She's a little butcher. busier. Yeah, it's called The Butcher. Okay, cool. Yeah. Do you get my vibe? I understand. Now it is time for Becky to tell us what we'll be reading next month for Becky's Choice. Guys, redheads. I don't even know what the answer is. Me neither. We are reading The Nature of Fragile Things. It comes highly recommended. It's a very Becky's Choice. It's like a bit of a historical fiction, but like there's thrill involved. Um, I would just say that it has to do with like an earthquake in San Francisco. And like that's like the start of the book. What was your last choice? Um, What's it? Four wins. The four wins. <laughs> oh, fuck. 
That wasn't her fault. That wasn't her fault. It had all the makings of a great book. It did. Not Hannah. Kristen Hannah. Yeah. I say Hannah. It's H A N N A H. Yeah. It was like H A N A or something. No, it's not. It's Kristen Hannah. That wasn't wasn't Becky's fault. But it was Becky's choice. But I'll tell you what was Becky's fault. (laughs) Red, (laughs) white, and royal. Have you seen Louise? Have you seen Louise Velez? It's like the hail that everyone will die on. It's like the worst Becky's choice. Yeah. But you know, it's good that we didn't realize how bad it was until like after we did the episode so bad it was bad but then there was like a comedy of errors that compounded on its badness like us like having to push the recording like six different times and we just wanted to get it over like the cover cover. well i saw that the author um released a new book so i sent it to back god you should read it so funny the cover was just as bad that should be your punishment for choosing (laughs) to read it could you imagine if i came and that was our book (laughs) (laughs) she just chooses books by that author to the end of time. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, this was such a fun episode. I'm so happy with my choice. I feel like it sparked such a great discussion. I'm really excited for your choice, Bex. You had sent a few recs, and I was going to tell you to choose that one. So I'm glad that you did. And we'll see you guys next month, the first Thursday in July. We hope you enjoyed this book and this episode. You know where to find us at the Redheads on Instagram. Join our Facebook group, the Redheads Book Club. Follow all of us on Instagram if you care to. And we will see you next month. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks. See ya. Bye.